As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's happening, you crazy rock and rollers? This is Steve Brown from Trickster and Tokyo Motor Fist, and you're listening to my good friend Tom Liu on Sound Matters. Crank it up. This is Sound Matters with Tom Liu. Visit us online at soundmatters.tv. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Great. Nice to meet you. Cool setup there. Oh, thanks. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the Mojo Vegas Recording Company. This is where it all happens. Mojo you know? Vegas Recording Company. Yeah, if you yeah, that's just my goofy name for it. I like it. AKA sixty one sixty. You know, like the Van Halen reference. Fifty. Eddie has fifty one fifty. I have Mojo Vegas. AKA sixty one sixty. There you go. <laughs> There you go. I like that a lot. That's very cool. You. I like how you wear those influences well, and you expand on it. <laughs> That's what it's all about, brother. I'm good coming through audio. Sounds great, man. Excellent. You're a pro. I can see you got the full setup here. Hey, man. You know what? I try to be a full service uh, rock and roll guy, interviewer, uh, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, man. I've been looking forward to talking. 30 plus years of doing it, man. And you know what? I got to be honest with you. I still love doing all this shit. You know, a lot of people, especially, you know, I'm going to be 50 in two weeks. Not a lot of people. Uh, one or two interviews, and I've been doing all the interviews for the last couple of weeks, and I love it, man. You know, as I always say, I'm blessed to be here after all these years and still making great music. I still get paid to fly all over the world and play rock and roll and jump around and wear funny clothes. And sometimes, <laughs> and sometimes, Tom, when we go to like foreign places like Singapore or Japan, people actually make dolls of me. So that's wow. even. Cooler. That's amazing. What's that like? Can you remember the first time you went somewhere far away and you realized that somebody had a doll of Steve Brown? And, and what's that feeling like? Because I don't know what that's like. So what? tell us that story really quick. It's really, it's one of my, you know, one of the dreams. Back in the day, we always dreamed back when, when I started Trickster, it was always a dream of ours to go to Japan and play. So the first time we went to Japan, it was May of 1993 on the Here record, on our second record. And uh, there was a big Big, uh, a lot of anticipation and it was just like you know well I can't say it was just like when the Beatles went there or when uh, Bon Jovi went there or Def Leppard for their first time but we had a great reception the people fans were waiting at the airport as soon as we got out of the plane and got through the gate and through customs oh Steve 
Renaissance, Dave. You know, it was crazy, man. And we met our beautiful fans there for the first time. And I'll never forget it. One of the girls came up to me and uh, she handed me this little doll that I have. Uh, it's upstairs, I think, by daughters. I have a seven-year-old daughter. I think she plays with it. She probably uses that as a voodoo doll now. But, <laughs> you too, right? <laughs> you know, it was one of those things. It was It was like, wow, the, all the stuff that I saw, like in the old Kiss magazines, when Kiss went there the first time and they had the little Kiss dolls, they, the fans really do that. And they, they welcomed us with open arms. And of course, they spend time making dolls of us. So it's definitely one of those and one of those moments that you never forget and it never gets old. That's so cool. You know, it's Steve, it's really refreshing to hear. I can hear the enthusiasm in your voice. And you said, you know, 30 odd years into this and still doing interviews. You still love it. And I, I wish I could say that about everyone I talk to. Uh, sometimes you can tell when it's more of a job than not. And I realize it is a business and this, there is a job aspect of it and we're promoting stuff and we're going to get into the, the new Tokyo Motor Fist record here in a second. But it, it's nice uh, from my perspective too, to hear that enthusiasm for fans of, of yours, for fans of your bands, your music and, and, and all kinds of bands and artists. It's great to hear that. And I'm in my fifties as well and stuff. So, you know, we've been at this for a long time. We're still doing it. So it's cool. So kudos to you, man. That's, that's really, I mean, I don't, I don't hear it and I don't say that a lot. It's, it's cool to hear it. So good on you, Steve Brown. It's so cool. Thank you for doing this and uh, for being on the sound matter show. And uh, let's talk about the upcoming record lions by Tokyo motor fist. That's the first thing I want to talk to you about today. It looks like it's coming out July 10th on frontiers. The second album, I got the advanced copy of this. I've been listening to it because I'm a pro and I do my homework and I, and I don't just phone that part in. And if you're a fan of the kind of music that you and your bands do all these years, this is a must have because it's got all the stuff that you want in rock and roll. It's got the great guitars by you. It's got the big choruses, the anthemic pop rock melodies. All that stuff is right there. It's fun music. It makes you feel good. And look, let's be honest. The world is messed up and there's all kinds of reasons to not feel good. I like to listen to music that uplifts and Tokyo Motor Fist is delivering again the second time with Lions. And I thought it was really cool. I saw in your press somewhere, Steve, one of the things that said, it said contagious party vibe contagious. I thought, isn't that ironic right now in the world of pandemic? Tell us about the second album coming out. Lions. It's a great record. The title track is awesome. I want to talk about that too. What was this album like compared to the first one as far as recording it, making it with the guys? Well, you know, after the success of the debut, you know, we got to give a shout out. Thanks to Frontiers for putting the whole thing together. You know, Ted and I grew up together a couple towns away from each other in Bergen County, New Jersey. Ted's from Ramsey, New Jersey. I'm from Paramus. And we've known each other. I'd known Ted since I was a teenager, way before when Ted was a drummer in the band, a great New Jersey band called Profit. Um, which was a tremendous band and one of my dear friends and co-writer of some of the Trickster songs and helped Pete on the second Trickster record, Dean Fasano, a, a local a melodic rock legend, was in Message with Richie Sambora, was the singer of Prophet. So we've known each other for so long, you know, almost 40 years probably. And um, Frontiers came to us with the idea and it was, it was a no-brainer. Put the band together, we made a fantastic first album and the chemistry was there with Greg, of course, Greg Smith, who I've known for, you know, again, Greg, 
Chuck and Ted, we've known each other for more than half of our lives. So it was so easy. We're all from the East Coast. We have the same crazy sense of humor. We all have the same musical sense. We have a great love for melodic hard rock, which we love. Vocals, there's musicality, chops in the guitar playing, the bass playing, the drums. And most of all, just, you know, again, contagious, melodic, sing-along hard rock. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. If you love Trickster in Danger, Danger. If you love Def Leppard, Bon Jovi, Kiss, Cheap Trick, Motley Crue. And guess what? If you love Van Halen, you're going to love Tokyo Motor Fist. So that's what we're giving all of our fans. And wow, in this situation that we're in, 2020, we never expected to be in this kind of predicament that we're in. But this is the feel-good record of 2020, in my opinion. And I think with all the critics and the fans that have already heard the two singles that have been released, Youngblood and Around Midnight, and the songs that are the samples that people have heard, we're getting the response that this is the record of the year as far as a melodic hard rock guitar record and all the stuff that the world needs right now to make you feel good, to get away from the crappy news that we hear every day and to just enjoy it. So, you know, we're just... Um, we're on our second record. What I can tell you how this came about is because, first and foremost, Tokyo Motor Fist is a real band. We're not one of these frontiers, so-called supergroups put together by the label. Let's have this guy play. They don't play gigs together. It's a cash grab. The guys in the band don't even write their own songs. You know, I write all the fucking songs. You know, it's 200% effort on everybody's part. And it is a real band because you know what? We actually play gigs. We actually rehearse. We record in my studio, you know, and it's a real project and it's a real band. For me right now, it's pretty much my number one band, you know, besides when, you know, whenever I'm working with Def Leppard or Dennis DeYoung or playing with Danger Danger. But right now, this has been my top priority for the last year. We just did two great shows on the Monsters of Rock cruise in February, right before the pandemic broke out. So all I can say is we have confidence because of course, we have great fans and great support like people in yourself around the world that mm -hmm. believe in the music. We know we're doing something really, really good. Look, I don't do anything that isn't top notch. You know, I'm not going to sit here as a, as a producer, engineer, writer, player, singer. To me, this is hands down the best work I've ever done with all the trickster stuff. You know, I try all I try to do all the time is my best. But this I don't know what happened, but it just it just worked out that way. And then, you know, some of the songs are hitting home because of the situation that we're, that we're in, and especially the title track, Lions, because it has a message for the world and for America, especially, that we all need to be lions. And the way I live my life, I'm a lion. You know, my joke that I've been saying lately is, though I'm a part-time Def Leppard, I'm always a full-time lion in the way I live my life, the way I take care of my family, my friends. You know, I'm a leader. I've always been a leader. And I think that people in general need to stop being sheep and be leaders. If you want to make a change, go out there and do something. Stop with the armchair quarterback and stop with the fucking email blasting and the, you know, critiquing things. If you want to do something, go out and make it happen. And that goes in the same sense with this first song, the first single, Youngblood, which is a song I wrote for my daughters and my nephews, the youth of the world, the youth of today. The message is you're a young blood. Go out. There ain't nothing in the world that you can't do. We need to see positivity and we need to 
exude positivity onto everybody and especially the youth of the world. And I think that that's, that's always what I've done. Going back to Trickster, I'm a, I'm a fun, I want to have fun. I'm a positive guy and I want to see everybody succeed in life like I have because I make no bones about it and I say it all the time. I am certainly one of the luckiest guys on the planet that every dream I ever had came true a million times over. And here I am talking to you, Tom, and we're talking about my great new record. So, man, I, I'm just I couldn't be happier. You know what? This is great. I am. I'm stunned that I haven't talked to you sooner. Uh, I'm glad I am now because uh, everything you just said is so perfect for not only your music and your band, Tokyo Motor Fist, we're talking with Steve Brown, guitarist, songwriter. Uh, you know him from Trickster. You know him from Def Leppard. we got to talk about Dennis DeYoung in a minute as well. But just everything you just said about the title track, about putting positivity into the world, that's what this show is about. That's what this whole damn show is about. It's a double entendre. Sound matters. Music, audio, rock and roll, of course, but also sound matters. Everything you just said, important stuff, stuff that matters stuff that means something, putting positivity into the world. You basically just repeated my entire mantra of this show. So thank you. This is excellent. I'm super excited um, to be talking with you. This is great. Talk about, you got videos out right now for Youngblood and you mentioned Around Midnight. I just saw the Around Midnight video. It's animated, which is really cool. It's, it's a fun thing to watch. It's pretty neat. And those two songs in particular are out there now. And I got to hear the rest of the album. Everyone else is going to get to hear it coming up July 10th out on Frontiers again. Are you guys picking the songs for videos? Is Frontiers weighing in on that? And where did the idea for, particularly the Around Midnight, the animated thing, that's really, really cool. It's different. It's kind of throwback, but current. I loved it. Talk about the videos for a second. They're out there on YouTube. I, I want to recommend everybody go check it out. Yeah, well, we have two videos out. The first single was Youngblood, like we talked about before, and uh, Around Midnight. Now, we're in, of course, in the pandemic. You know, we shot those videos. We did shoot footage. We had to do quarantine-style videos because yeah. we couldn't do. It wasn't our choice, but we had to make it work. And so getting back to the choice of the songs, it's always a collaborative effort. It's okay. myself and Frontiers, the people there, you know, uh, Serafino, Mario, Nick Teeter, and everybody. We make a collaborative. We listen to the record, and we go, okay, what do we want to put out there? And I was adamant Youngblood was the first song that I wrote for this record. Um, and it again, it has a deep meaning for me that I wrote it for my kids. And I think it's it sends a the message. It sets off the record perfectly. And a funny story about it was that I wrote the song and I finished it and I sent it to Ted and he basically jumped through his phone. He, he was texting me, calling me and he was like, dude, this is the best song I've ever heard. And I was like, well, that's really nice. Yeah, I don't think it's the best song you're ever going to hear in your life. But <laughs> if you think that that enthusiasm, enthusiasm is what I need to go forward. And it was that song right into Decadence on 10th Street, which is another one of my favorite tracks on the record. Those are the first two songs I wrote for the record. Once I finished those, I had myself the confidence that I knew we were off to a fantastic start and we were off to the races. So the videos, again, were done by our good friend, this guy, Wayne Joyner, down in Nashville. He just did the new Striper video. He's done stuff for Dream Theater, Devin Townsend. He does incredible graphics work. And it was um, around midnight, especially, is, is a funny story because, you know, I think he did a tremendous job with it. And after all these years, you know, the first Trickster record, of course, we know about the, the great artwork, the comic book art by Neil Adams, the legend. 
And uh, but I've never had an animated video before. So this was a first for me, you know, which is kind of weird. 30 years into my career, finally, I get an animated video and Wayne just knocked it out of the park. It's a unique thing. You know, we did shoot like performance again in like I shot my stuff here in my studio. Everybody did stuff on their phones or their GoPros. But it was a collective decision. It was mostly from Frontiers that we're going to go with the animated thing. It, you know, Wayne did just a great job of telling the story. And it was cool. You know, yeah, I'm bummed a little that we couldn't be in it because, you know, we were all so handsome and dapper. <laughs> but uh, it's fantastic. So and we're hoping now that, you know, things are starting to lighten up here in New Jersey, that we're going to be able to go to my buddy's studio and shoot a real video. I'm hoping we get to do a, you know, an epic video for the title track Lions next but we'll have to see. That would be great. That's a standout track. I can see why you chose it as the uh, the name of the record, Tokyo Motor Fist, second album, Lions. You touched on it briefly, but just uh, the song Lions and the, and the significance of the artwork and everything. I expand on it a little bit. What were you thinking about when you wrote that song? You mentioned you know putting positivity out there and, and be a leader and go get what you want and all of that. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, I'm not uh, afraid to talk about that more and more, but... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Expand on that song a little bit. There's some really cool stuff going on. The, the production in Lions in particular. There's a keyboard solo and stuff like that. Did you play that and everything? Is that all... Right well, there. Yeah, here's my keyboard. Well, there the cool go. thing about this record, you know, and it's funny, I've been telling everybody, this is kind of, I'm in my 1984-5150-OU812 phase. So I played all the keyboards on the new record, which there's a ton of, which I've been, you know, all my stuff has you know, a lot of keyboards underneath, even in the trickster days, we always use keyboards to fill up and just to give it a different flavor. You know, when I learned that trick from Mutt Lang back in the day, you know, Mutt always would, you know, he would use keyboards as the bed when he was working on songs with Def Leppard. And, you know, even some of the stuff with ACDC, you know, there's, there's uh, on Back in Black, some of the stuff, he actually played the stuff on piano first, and it was more for a tuning thing, so they could make sure they had perfect tuning, but the title track, Back in Black, I haven't confirmed it with Mutt or Mike Shipley or Nigel Green, but the rumor is is that Mutt played that on keyboards, and then they, they matched it with guitar to give it that 
that. So you can hear a little bit of that, but that's always something I've done. But this record, I expanded on that with the keyboard. So Lions was, you know, a lot of keyboards and real strings. I had my good buddy, Michael Hunter, who plays in my grade 80s band, Rubik's Cube, play real violin and strings. So I like to tell everybody, this is kind of my most daring, if you will, grandiose production that I've ever done in my life. You know, it's my, like what I like to call my Bohemian Rhapsody, my Best of Times, my Gods of War by Def Leppard, you know, really over the top to some degree, but most importantly, the message of it. I wrote this song about a year ago, and the world, of course, look, man, I've always tried to pull in some world, you know, things that are going on in the world, current events. I did that a lot on the second Trickster record here, Road of a Thousand Dreams, Nobody's a Hero, you know, pulling it. I don't talk politics and stuff like that. That's not my game, but talking about the way the world is. So, you know, wow, the, the first line, you know, of Lions, the world is in chaos. The rats are running the race. The kind of says it all. And wow, what was I, did I foresee this happening? Hell no. I was just talking about it and I was going with it. And the lyrical lions is, you know, we can be lions, kings of the world. You know, um, we need as one world and a nation and whatever you want, however you want to break it down. We all need to step forward and take care of your own family. Stop waiting around for the powers that be to take care of you. You need to be proactive. And that's kind of the message of the song. Now, more into the song, how this came about was for the last five years, I've been filling in my good friend, Dennis DeYoung. I've been filling in for his band, for his two guitar players, August Zadra and Jimmy Leahy, both brothers of mine. I love those guys and I love Dennis. So Styx was not a band growing up that I was, I was a fan, but I was a Van Halen, Kiss fanatic, Def Leppard, Bon Jovi, Motley. You know, Styx wasn't my bag. It wasn't until I got the call to do this gig where they needed somebody to fill in for, for one of Dennis's guitar players that I had to learn the Styx catalog. And it wasn't until that time I discovered the brilliance of Dennis D. Young and the brilliance of Styx all together. And I became a hardcore fan, of course, having to learn all the guitar parts, all the vocal stuff. And playing the one song that I just just kills me every night is playing the best of times. You know, to me, that is Dennis, one of Dennis's greatest songs. And, I, I you know, and Dennis, of course, when you're the writer of it, you, you, of course, he made millions off it. It was the song, one of his biggest songs ever. It was the prom song of 1981. We all know that. Yeah. But for me, it was like I discovered it. And I'm like, this fucking song is as, to me, it's as good as some of the Beatles songs. It's as good as any of the great, let's say, power ballads, any of the great 60s, 70s. It's right up there with anybody as far as I'm concerned. You know, listen to it as far as chord progressions, melodies, the meaning, everything. And especially the live version that we do with the band. It's very epic. And I, after playing that for a couple of years, I said, I want to write a song that's, that's like this. So okay. I've of course given Dennis many props in the sense that he was the big influence. And of course the, the years of playing, you know, my, I'm on my eighth year now being in the bullpen with Def Leppard, playing with these great bands has given me the confidence to go, I can do whatever I want. Let's try it. If I fall on my face, so what? You know, but it worked out. And so the other cool thing about it, when I wrote it, I wrote Dennis an email and I said, listen, man, I want you to hear this song. 
you were a huge influence. I couldn't, I don't think I would have written it without playing with you and becoming friends with you. Would you play on it? So we were great, you know, we were blessed that Dennis DeYoung, the great Dennis DeYoung, played an incredible, iconic keyboard solo on, on the song. So that's him in the synth. That's not me. I don't play that right. good. So that's Dennis DeYoung. And wow. the really cool thing was in December of uh, 2019, I went to Dennis's house to record. He invited me over. I was on tour doing the Wizards of Winter, and he invited me over to his house to do the keyboard solo. And I wasn't sure what he was going to use, but he pulled out his original Oberheim 8 keyboard from back in the late 70s that he played all the sticks hits on, played Fooling Yourself solo on it, played Too Much Time on My Hands. He used that keyboard, which is, of course, wow. the iconic keyboard that Eddie played Jump on. Okay. You know, you're a music fan. You know the deal. And wow. it was fucking crazy, man. Wow. It was that keyboard, mono, and for all the audio cats out there, it was mono into my little two-track, two-channel focus right thing. And that's pretty much what you're hearing on the record. And, you know, Dennis is just, you know, again, like I said, I can't thank him enough for his influence on me and, of course, for doing this solo because it was the perfect sound and it gives the song that a different dynamic, you know, that mm -hmm. iconic solo. And it just took it to a whole nother level because of course this song takes you sort of back to the grandiose of Queen, you know, the seventies yeah. and the grandiose of the, of sticks. And, you know, it's my first kind of, let's say shot at a little bit of prog rock, if you will, as Joe Elliott would say, Oh, it's wizard rock. <laughs> it's all, and all those bands, wizard rock. So yeah, it's a little yeah. bit of that. And it's a song that has more chords than I've ever written in my life. So there you go. I don't wow. know if I have the energy to ever write a song like this again in my life. Well, I'll tell you what. What a story. You gave me a lot of info there and everyone listening to this show uh, about the backstory. I, I didn't know about Den. I missed the memo on Dennis DeYoung playing on it. But wow, what a great story. I'm a huge Sticks fan. I think Dennis is so underrated. Uh, you know, his year, he's not in the band, not in Sticks and all that, that whole drama and all that, all these years or whatever. Mad props to Tommy and, and, and JY and the guys, and they're still out there doing it. Two years ago, uh, 2018, I saw Dennis in Illinois. You weren't at that show. I wish I would have caught you, but I think I caught the other guys. And I went into it, and I was photographing it and everything. And I thought, I got to see Dennis DeYoung solo. And I'll admit, my expectations were moderate. Not that I thought it wasn't going to be good. I knew it was going to be good because I love Dennis. I love Sticks. Yeah. I just don't think he gets the props being out of Sticks for so long. Uh, whatever. And I, I went to his solo show. I was blown away. The song sounded so great. His band's amazing. I, I got to catch him again with, when you're playing. And uh, what an even better thing that would be as well, because those songs, you're right, those songs are amazing. And Man, Dennis did the solo on Lions. That's excellent. That's great to know. Again, we're talking with Steve Brown here from Trickster and Tokyo Motorfist, the second Tokyo Motorfist album coming out on Frontiers July 10th. You got to check this album out because it's got all the elements. I can't say it any better than Steve's already been saying it here. If he hasn't sold you on it yet, you got to figure out what's wrong with you because this is some good music. It's great stuff. You wrote all the songs. So you write the melodies too, uh, lyrics too, the whole nine, or does, does uh, Ted contribute in this case or is it just all you? Well, the way it works with Tokyo Motorfist, yeah, I, I write, produce, engineer, mi you know, mix. Bruno Ravel from Danger Danger and I mix the record. And uh, but yeah, in essence, the long and short of it is, is that yeah, I'm the musical, you know, the musical genius behind. You're it. the guy. 
But here, here's what happens. The way I make records here in my studio, and it's what I've done pretty much my whole career, is I do very in-depth. I don't do demos any, you know, I haven't done demos in 20 years because I've had my studio. Everything I do is kind of a finished product. So in essence, what I do is I give the guys what I like to call a Steve Brown solo record, whether it was the last two releases from Trickster or, you know, the last two Tokyo Motorfist records, where I play everything. I, pro I don't play drums, so I program the shit out of the drums. I do really, really finished, you know, because I just can't listen to anything rough. It has to be finished to me. And I believe other people are like that, too. You just got to give everybody here it is black and white. This is the song. And that's what I do. And then my instructions to the guys, to Ted, Chuck and Greg are here are the basic parts. You take this and make it your own. So for Ted, you take what I sing, and I want you to make it your own. If you have suggestions, I'm always open to whatever. But everybody puts their own personality and their own character into it, and that's what makes this a band effort. And, you know, again, getting back to it, it truly is, because this would not be the record that it is without Ted's great vocals and his unique vocals. Because look, he's got a unique style. Greg Smith on bass, one of the best rock bass players on the planet, bar none. And the legend Chuck Berge, we all know about him. Billy Joel's drummer, Rainbow. He's the drummer on Street of Dreams by Rainbow. Man, and, 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 and Chuck and Greg were in Rainbow together. They played with Richie Blackmore. If that's not hard to do, I don't know what is. Playing with me is easy. Right. Playing with Ricky Blackmore, man, that guy, you know, he's one of my idols. But, you know, the yeah. stories of him are endless. But, yeah. uh, you know, so, again, everybody gets to contribute. And the last song on the record, Winner Takes All, was actually primarily written by Chuck Berge. Okay. It was a song that he wrote probably 38 years ago. And he gave me this shitty cassette of it, total 80s. You know, it sounded like something out of the Top Gun soundtrack. Yeah. You know, which is nothing wrong with that because I play in an 80s, you know, an 80s tribute show. So there's nothing wrong with that. But he played me this song, you know, because, again, I always give everybody the opportunity. You have any great ideas, bring it to me. He sent me this and I was like, this is really cool. And it turned out it's one of my favorite songs on the record. A lot of the critics around the world who've been hearing the record, the Europeans really love Winner Takes All. It's got a Euro thing to it, very AOR kind of journey. You know, it's got the one cool thing. So I heard it and I was like, immediately I heard drop D guitar, gotta be Van Halen fair warning vibe. So it's kind of got that chunky unchained thing. You know, the Ed Van Halen thing, of course, which the be all end all for me. It is. And uh, it turned out to be one of my greatest songs. And then Ted didn't like some of the chorus melody, so he changed the stuff. So that song is a true okay. collaboration, you know. But primarily, wow, the drummer wrote a song. Who go go figure. Hey, I'm a drummer, Steve. I talk about this a lot. Drummers, there's a lot of drummers that write. So rock and roll, man, that's great news. That song is really cool. It's on my list to talk to you about. Really cool tune. It, it stood out. The way I do it, I, when I listen to new records, I listen to it all the way through. And I kind of I go about my business while I've got music on in the background. And the way it works for me is the stuff that pops out, I write it down. The songs that really stand out, I write it down. And we've talked about almost all of them so far on the latest Tokyo Motorfest record, Lion. Uh, and uh, Winner Takes All 
was one of them, especially because of the uh, the string intro caught my attention yes. and just the production. You're getting into some of the, the backstory on the writing and all of that, which I love. I, I give you the lead and you're running with. So thank you for that because I'm an audiophile. I'm a studio guy. I'm a musician myself for a long, long time play. So I love these stories about how these songs came to be, who wrote them, who brought them in and how you worked it. So that's fascinating to me. Great, great stuff. That's a cool song as well. I love it. So you're such a busy guy and uh, I want to, I'd be remiss if I didn't get into this. You know, of course you mentioned you called yourself the bullpen guy for Def Leppard. That's probably the best um, side gig uh, <laughs> or side hustle, whatever you want to call it, maybe ever in, in the world. If you're a musician, that's a great gig to get. Do you know, I mean, I, I Right now, obviously, not a lot's happening live music-wise, but uh, you'll be playing with the Leopard guys again at some point, perhaps, or is that still just one of those things? That if you get the call, you drop everything and go type thing. Yeah, I'm always on call. My suitcase is always packed. My my stage clothes are right there. And, uh, you know, with Def Leppard, it's been a, you know, a 30 plus year relationship. Phil Collins, one of my best friends in the world. He's like a brother to me, my godfather. He's always looked out for me and always been a fan of all my post trickster bands and tried to help him and Joe. They were big fans of my other band, 40 Foot Ringo, that we had in the early, uh, early 2000s. That was, you know, very much like a cheap trick, uh, Marvelous Three type thing. And, so, um, yeah, it's probably, yeah, the greatest uh, side gig you could ever get. And, you know, it's really cool to be able to be, you know, the side guy who's I'm always on call with them. And, um, you know, they're like family to me. I met them when I was 17 years old on the Hysteria Tour. Phil and I struck up a friendship that's been, you know, wow, what is that now? I'm not good at math. So you that's do the math. 33 years. 33 year friendship, yeah. you know, we're, you know, we're like family, you know, so it's one of those things. And the same with Joe and Sav and Rick and, and Viv, you know, I'm always there for them. And, um, it's over the past seven years, there's def definitely been, you know, a couple instances where I've saved the day and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a great thing. And likewise with Dennis D. Young. So I'm always there and it's sort of been over the last couple of years, I've gotten a lot of calls by different bands. It's like my new calling card. You know, I say guitar here, guitar superhero, saving rock shows, <laughs> one band at a time, you know, and I love it's, it. it's a cool thing. You know, it's never cool to have to go in, you know, Viv with his cancer or Phil with sure. the situation he had. It's never cool, but I'm always there to help my family members out, if you know what I mean. What a, what a testament to you. Uh, anyone who knows your music, past and present, from Trickster on uh, to the current day with Tokyo Motorfest, you're just a phenomenal player, Steve. Uh, you have a ton of fun on stage. I've seen you live. I sent you a photo before we started here from a, a several years ago in yeah. Illinois, where I'm originally from. I'm down in Florida right now. I live in the Clearwater, Tampa area. And okay. it's a testament to your playing that you can do that and you do do that uh, with bands of the caliber of Def Leppard and uh, Dennis D. Young, formerly of Styx. I mean, these are legends. These are. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are obviously uh, the the icons of, of music, so testament to you, and it's well-deserved. Uh, everything that I hear, and getting a little bit more of the backstory from you right now on the Tokyo Motor Fist, the second album, Lions, and just your process and how you write the songs, how you produce them, your approach to it, your philosophy on music, your lyrical content, what you're trying to say. You know who you are. You know what you're doing. You know what you want to do. And you do it and you're unapologetic about it. You're unabashed about it. And that's fucking awesome. And I, I applaud you for that. I wish we need more of that. We need more of Steve Brown's energy in this world in music, regardless of whatever genre anybody wants to lunk anyone in. It's all about how does it make you feel? Is it fun? Does it mean something? Are you still enjoying it? And I can I can see it and I can feel it. If you're watching this on uh, on social media right now, the video, you can certainly see. If you're listening to this, go check it out on the social media pages for the Sound Matter Show. So, Steve, so much more to talk to you about. The touring, I mean, we know it's everything's up in the air right now. Just really quick, how do you see things panning out? How do you see things playing out, I guess I'll say, you know, going forward? I know everyone's guessing right now, but obviously the goal would be to get back and be able to gig again with all of your various projects as soon as possible. How do you see this thing playing out? And what are you seeing from some of your contemporaries? You mentioned Bruno. Bruno's been on the show. Phil Collins been on this show and others. How are people doing, you know, your, your friends, your contemporaries, and how do you see this thing playing out? Well, I mean, first and foremost, for all of my touring friends, you know, and Phil and Bruno and everybody, we're all, you know, look, we've spent all of our lives on the road pretty much. So we're all, for me, most importantly, you know, we're, we're enjoying, I'm enjoying the time home with my family. You know, I have a great family, beautiful wife, my two daughters, you know, I have a 20 year old daughter who finished up her sophomore year of college and a seven year old who just finished, finished first grade. So what was neat was the fact that, you know, we, we had to, everybody was home and, you know, that's, uh, all of us in close quarters and thank God I have my studio so I can get away and, you know, but family time, you know, we're, we're normally out on the road. So we were given this. And again, it's finding the positivity and the negative. That's the way I live my life. I got to spend time with my family and my family got to spend time. My two daughters got to spend three months together that they wouldn't have had together. My daughter would have been away at college. She goes to Manhattan College in New York. And so she's they we were all home and thank God we love each other so much. And it was we had an awesome time. Same goes. Phil is loving being. I know I talked to him last week. He's loving being home 
with his son, you know, son Jackson, and he's keeping touch with all his other kids. And, you know, that time and a little bit of a break, you know, man, a break on our bodies. You know, I'm going to be 50 in two weeks. And, you know, I mean, as good as good a shape as I'm in, still got the aches and pains, you know. And the older you get, yeah. you got to work harder at this, you know, to fit into those tight pants, if you know what I mean. So, <laughs> yeah. But for me, you know, if you could see right here, I got a four-track cassette. And right before you called, I was transferring. Here, I'll, I'm going to show the fans. I'm going to blow yeah, you away see it. right now. Let's I'm see transferring. It. I've been transferring all of my history. This is the four-track of the song Damn Good, four-track demo from back in 1991 that um, wound up on the Here record. Wow. We were doing these demos, PJ and I, we were doing these demos on the tour bus on tour with Warrant and Firehouse, and I had a studio out on the road, and these are the four-tracks. So I'm transferring all this stuff into Pro Tools, preserving the history. I have an analog eight-track machine here. I've been transferring all of my old tapes and you know all the history. The videos here, here's, look at that. Can you read that? Trickster Japan, yeah. 1993. This wow. is my Hyatt Miller. So I'm preserving the history. So doing all like busy work that normally I wouldn't be able to do. So it's been, you know, I've been extremely productive. And I think a lot of my other friends, you know, Bruno has been writing and we've been working on projects. He mixed a couple things for me. So, you know, I think, you know, as always, man, I, I just try to tell everybody, don't be sitting there eating and boozing and stay in shape and keep your chops up, you know, and that that's what I've been doing. So it's been extremely, extremely productive. That's excellent, man. That's great. That's so cool to see that right there. I, I noticed that that uh, four track, that cassette there from earlier. I got the old Tascam Porta 2 myself. It's right off camera right over here. And it's so funny you're saying this. It just You brought me down a rabbit hole. I didn't intend to go down, but since you brought it up, I've been doing the same thing. My band's even, you know, transferring it, old VHS tapes. I got. I had to go out and find, and do you, you know how hard it is to find a working VCR in 2020? I didn't have one, and I went out and found one because I've got VHS tapes from back in the day, and I wanted to get it digital, so I was using the time as well to do mm -hmm. that. Shout out to my buddies in Sweet Oblivion. That's my band. But we, um, <laughs> yeah, we, um, we've been, I've been doing all that as well, so I, I really appreciate that, staying busy and um, moving the thing forward because, look, at your fans, uh, Trickster from back in the day and the old recordings and all that, you never know how you can use that going forward, so that's really, really cool. It's great to see that, too. Yeah, well, that's, you know, you. I've been doing that because I've been doing all my interviews here. But, you know, we're celebrating the 30th anniversary of the debut Trickster album. So we're in the process of trying to get the licenses and work with Universal to okay. get the master tapes back so I can do like a deluxe 30th anniversary edition. And then in 2022 is the 30th anniversary of the second Trickster record here, which is, you know, a, a cult classic because it was released in 1992. But, you know, a phenomenal record and a you know, should have been, you know, quadruple platinum in my book, but it just came out at the worst possible time. Yeah. So again, you know, there's definitely a lot of stuff being done in uh, behind the scenes on the trickster front because we're, you know, we can't play. So, yeah. so we'll see, but you know, that's what I think everybody's doing. You know, I was just, I just was emailing with Joe Elliott uh, last night and, you know, he's, he's doing a lot of what I'm doing, taking stuff out of the archives, transferring stuff. Leopard's been doing a shitload of, you know, re releasing the old vintage stuff. And I got to hear some of that out on the road on 2018. And, you know, as a fan, mm. I'm so psyched, you know, because yeah. I love the early, early stuff. 
stuff. Me too. And, uh, it's, you know, it's what the fans want, and I'm a fan, and whether it's my stuff or any other band, Kiss, Van Halen, I want, I want it all, so release yeah. it. Everybody, yeah. release all your music and your videos and your <laughs> yeah. photos. You're so, you're so, uh, your your attitude is infectious. It's contagious, as we talked about earlier. I love that. Absolutely. I love the first two Leopard records, On Through the Night and High and Dry. I mean, come on. I mean, right? Those are the Def Leppard albums that I, I go back to over and over again. So look forward to more of that. Listen, I, I know you've talked about it, and I just want to briefly touch on it because people want to know. And I know you've talked about it in some other interviews, but you're doing this stuff with Trickster. You're, you're trying to get the, the rights and all that to release stuff. Uh, I know there's some stuff going on or whatever with Gus, maybe what have you. So the future is a little uncertain on that at this moment. Is that where we're at with Trickster? Yeah, I mean, we're really, you know, it's a, it's, we're, it's, we're really inactive at the moment as far as a live thing, you know, it has been for, you know, Pete hasn't played a gig, you know, we did, we wound up doing in 2016 and 2017, I think it was when we did our last couple shows, we did like 10 shows without Pete and I was singing lead. You know, look, man, people have different ideas about what they want to do. You know, I love Pete and he's just got a different, uh, you know, he's working and taking care of his family. And that's the most important thing. So if you don't want to get on a plane, you don't want to come and play music. And, you know, uh, I can't I can't make anybody. This isn't right. this isn't a prison sentence. And, you know, I certainly I sing all the songs. So we're doing our thing. But it's it's cool. Yeah, there's an issue with Gus and it is what it is. I can't change that. And um, so we're just doing what we do. We got a couple gigs, hopefully, that are going to go on. You know, PJ and I, for the last couple of years, we've been playing with Eric Martin from Mr. Big. Yep. So we do, we do this trickster Mr. Big type show. And it's been going over fantastic. And that's what we love to do. First and foremost, man, after 30 years of being a national act, you know, I only want to do things that make me happy. If someone doesn't want to do trickster, they don't have to. Because I can certainly do it with whoever I want. PJ and I have always been the heart and soul of the band. And we're out there bringing the music to the people. And that's all. I don't wish any ill will on anybody. And, uh, you know, it's, it's look, we know the headlines. We see it. You know, Blabbermouth is going to be all over whatever yeah. we do. And, the you know, the, the, the writing up the bullshit. And that's cool. Every rock band. Listen, I've been around the biggest and the best. And there are, you know, as we all know, it's not easy to be in a band. Even when your band is super successful, it's like being married to four or five people, having four wives. It's not easy, man. Ask the Sultan of Brunei. You know what I mean? Yeah. But rock and roll is meant to be fun. And if it's not fun for me or if it's not fun for other guys in the band and they have their idea what they want to do and how they want to do it. If it's not going to work out, we're not going to do it. And that's what it is. So, but all I can tell you with trickster, look, here we are. We're always celebrating the great times and we have incredible fans that love what we do and want to hear new stuff and the unreleased stuff. I've been putting out stuff on social media. I just transferred the original um, eight track demo of on and on that I did back in 1988 and the fans love this stuff. And I want you all to hear it because it's part of history. And uh, again, it's, it's awesome doing it because like you, I'm an engineer producer. I live for this as much as I love to be on stage, jumping around, doing, doing the live thing. I equally love to be in the studio. Yeah. And it shows, you know, and that's really cool. And I think that's a, it shows in your music through the years and your longevity and, and not only in your own bands, but the fact that you have these, 
these other uh, icons of music. You know, you're the guy that they call and uh, you're playing with Dennis DeYoung. You're playing with Def Leppard and others. That's really, really cool. Steve, let me ask you this. And just just a little bit of a curveball, but it's, you mentioned something earlier. You know, you're talking about you know, staying home and keeping busy, working with the family, being with the family, I should say, and doing other projects. And, you know, instead of just sitting around and eating and, and boozing and being unhealthy, how have you maintained your, you look great, by the way, if you're listening to this, you got to check out the videos. Uh, you don't look like you're going to be 50 in two weeks, as you mentioned. Um, I've talked to a lot of guys through the years, you know, some guys have struggled with, you know, substance issues and things like that. And rock and roll is a treacherous business. I can only imagine what it's like at the level that, that you've been at and, and others, you know, what do you say? How do you, how have you, how have you managed that? And what's your message to, you know, anyone listen? I'm always, I'm always thinking, about younger people, Steve, to they're listening like, hey, man, Steve Brown is cool. I had no idea he did all that stuff. And I want to be in a band. I want to do that. But I always, you know, always comes as a cautionary tale. Sometimes there's a lot of obviously there's a lot of casualties in rock and roll. I'm sure you've seen your share and then some uh, talk about that aspect of the music business in your experience for a minute. How have you steered clear from some of those pitfalls? Well, I, I got to be honest with you right now. Well, I'm celebrating 14 months of sobriety right now. All and right. You know, I put down, I put down the crazy rock and roll party lifestyle. I, I drinking too much and, you know, whatever else. And so fi it finally took me, you know, to last year to, to finally wake up. And I was getting to a point where, uh, you know, alcohol in particular was ruling my life. And look, man, I've been doing this since I was 12 years old back in the 80s and everything was there for me for the taking at a very young age, whether it was girls or you know, booze and drugs and everything. And look, I, I experienced everything. And I love, as you know, I'm a fun guy. I love to be the life of the party. Trickster, we, we modeled ourselves after our Van Halen as being a mini Van Halen, the ultimate party band as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, being out on the road, you know, look, man, I love to love to party with the rest of them. And we saw what happened to our, you know, our brother, Janie Lane and numerous other guys who aren't with us anymore. So it just got to the point for me, you know, Phil Collin being one of my best friends. He's been sober for almost 30 years. And, you know, it just got to a point where I just said, you know what, I got to I got to cut this shit out. And I will tell you, you know, I got to give a shout out to my good friend, Joel Hookstra, who, you know, he was a he was a fellow party animal back in the day. And he was the one who got sober first. And he always told me, he said, dude, my life is like 500 percent better without drinking and without partying. And I always, you know, I would battle with the doing the day, you know, days and months and weeks of sobriety and. And I noticed how much better I felt, but it wasn't until I finally did it and I didn't go to AA, didn't do any of that. And I don't want to get too deep into it. The bottom line is my life is a thousand percent better with it. And the greatest part of it is, is that I can still hang out with my friends at the bar who still, you know, PJ still parties and drinks and all my buddies, Eric and stuff. And I could still be with them. Chris Jericho. I was just on his cruise. Those guys are partying. And you know what? I'm drinking a seltzer and I'm having a great time because I'm still able to carry on a conversation and not be an idiot because I've done that. I've been an idiot and I know that. And it's just an awesome feeling and the power of it. And ultimately, it comes down to this. I feel like I'm clear headed and I'm doing the best work of my life. And I think, you know, being sober has contributed to that. So for all the kids out there, look, it's like this. 
You got to do it. I tell everybody, man, you go out and do whatever you think is best because you have to learn on your own, just like I did. And shit, I kidded myself all the time. Oh, I don't have a problem. I don't do I don't need help. I don't need help. Even when people were telling me, I thought I had all the answers. As you can tell, I'm a I'm a I'm a leader. And so it's very hard to sort of tell me what to do. And anybody who knows me really well will tell you that. But I finally woke up and it's been the greatest thing in the world. But I'm not going to tell anybody not to do it. As Phil, you know, he battled with it early in the Def Leppard days. And he just goes, oh, go have a fucking great time. You'll learn on your own. And and hopefully you don't do uh, serious damage or you don't kill yourself. Hmm. And, you know, I was getting to the point where, you know, we'll end it on this, that I was scaring myself and I was scaring other people. So hmm. here I am and I think I'm the best I've ever been in my life. So I'm really happy and blessed. Wow. You know what? I had no idea. Uh, congrats to you. Uh, I asked the question, not knowing that. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for being transparent. Thanks for being honest. That's again, what this show is about, what I try to get into beyond just the the music and all that, digging a little deeper. I want to find out what makes people tick. I want to understand Steve Brown a little bit deeper beyond just the surface stuff. And that, and thanks for going there. Since you brought it up just really quick, I asked that question because I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people on this show. Mark Kendall from Great White, and I talked to Jerry <laughs> Dixon, Donnie V from Enough's Enough. A whole bunch of people have shared a lot of their, their uh, sobriety stories and struggles, past and present, different things. Myself, 17 years, clean and sober from alcohol primarily. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it's something that I talk about and it's just one of those things that, you know, I like to get into because let's face it, you influence people. People listen to you. They listen to your music and and uh, they, they, they pay attention. It's not to say, you know, you got to be a perfect person. No one is. And sometimes people, you know, they struggle and they get back and they do whatever. But what you described there is absolutely uh, inspiring. So anyone listening, you know, you can do it. And I agree with you 100%. You got to do it your way in your time. And you got to find out for yourself. I always talk about need versus want. People told me, you need to quit this. You need to quit doing that and what have you. 
And it wasn't until I wanted to, and it sounds like that's where you got to, Steve. And uh, good on you, man. Congrats. And I've got to tell you, I can hear it in this latest Tokyo Motor Fist record, Lions, again, one more time. Get the record. It's killer. I like the record even more now just because I've gotten to know you a little bit here in these last few minutes on the show, Steve. So thanks for that. A couple of quick things before I let you go, because I know you're busy and you got a lot going on there at the studio, and it looks like a lot of fun. Man, I'd love to come hang out there sometime. It looks like a blast. <laughs> Anytime. Tom. I'd love to have you, man. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Just a sidebar here as I close out. Besides music, and it sounds like music is fun for you, clearly, all the ways that you've been doing it all these years, but what do you do outside of music? What do you do for fun besides that? What are some other things that maybe, I don't know, is there anything that you that you do that you enjoy that would surprise people beyond uh, playing guitar and writing songs and producing? Well, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a, you know, again, I'm a big beach guy. You know, we have a, I have a beach house down at the Jersey shore down in seaside park so i'm big into you know swimming and surfing and just being on the beach riding bikes healthy man you know and i've always been i've always been an athletic guy that's always been my thing you know back in the trickster days man we used to wherever any sort of beach towns a uh, days off i'd be like me and pj be right to the beach you know renting jet skis doing this so i love all that and also where i live my house i live up in the mountains in new jersey which most people around the world don't believe there actually are mountains in New Jersey and beautiful really? mountains. I, <laughs> okay. Yeah, man. So I live on a lake. I live on a lake here in, in northern New Jersey. So I do a lot of paddle boarding and canoeing and kayaking, you know. And again, that's always that's always just what I'm into, you know. And I like simple things, dude. I still cut. I love to cut my lawn, you know. I love to go out and do yard work. I love to chop wood, a lumberjack and shit. <laughs> You know, fun stuff like that, you know, and, 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 you know, of course, and just be with my family. You know, I've, again, I have so much fun and I'm blessed to still have my parents here and my parent, mom and dad are 85 and my father-in-law. So we, we just have a lot of fun. And, you know, sadly, the last couple of months, we did, we, you know, we, we were separated from everybody. Yeah. So now we're trying to sort of make up for lost time a little bit because, you know, for my little one, she, she missed two, three months of school with her friends and she got gypped. And my parents, they're 85, man. It's mm. hard when you get robbed out of three months spending time with your grandkids. You know, I know my parents are tired of me, but you know, <laughs> the grandkids is a different thing. Different. But uh, yeah, man, so it's just, that's what I do. I, you know, and I love it. Again, I live like kind of like a balanced life in the sense to where as much as I'm a workaholic, but dude, every day practicing my guitar, singing, working, you know, I'm always singing. And that's, you know, one thing we missed upon, you know, the guitar playing thing. That's one aspect. The reason I got the Def Leppard gig and playing with Dennis DeYoung as well is because I'm a lead singer okay. and being able to sing all that stuff, you know, and that's the key thing. And, you know, I've said that, but I've been working on my singing, man, you know, for ever since I got back on back home from being on tour, I was on this Wizards of Winter tour, which I'm bummed I missed you in Clearwater because we played down there in December. Oh. You know, yeah, kind of a TSO thing. So I, it was the first time in my life I was on a tour where I didn't sing for three months. And I came home and I was doing some studio work. And I'm like, man, my voice. 
oh, it's kind of tired, you know? Yeah. And I was like, shit, I didn't sing for three months. So I was like building it up, singing the stick stuff, singing the leopard stuff, singing some of the really high trickster stuff. You know, the one thing I'll tell you, for all you singers out there, if you can sing one in a million by trickster five times in a row, you'll be good on any tour. I guarantee <laughs> you that. Because I'm still trying to get to that point. But I'm, been, you know, again, working on keeping my chops at, you know, top level. And that's, that's the goal. Good for you, man. You're right. The vocals, your vocals. Yeah. A big key element to your being in demand uh, on all these other, and these, all these other projects that you do as well as Trickster and your current stuff. You said earlier when you, uh, when you approach uh, Tokyo Motor Fist records or whatever, you kind of approach it like a Steve Brown solo record, and then you give it to the guys and, and go from there. But is there going to be a Steve Brown solo record at any point? Is that ever anything that you've had on your, is that on your list? I mean, I got to be honest with you. Yeah. Yes and no, because, you know, it's kind of like every record I do almost is to some degree, you know, I mean, like I, all the backing vocals on, on the last, you know, on all the trickster stuff, you know, the, the latest stuff, the two records we did with frontiers and the Tokyo motor, that's all me. And my, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the stuff with Ted, that's so I get my rocks off, but I think so. But I gotta be honest with you, Tom, it's not as time goes on making records it, I'm not going to say it gets harder and harder, but the motivation to do it gets harder and harder, you know, and, and if given the right deal, if Frontiers presents me with the right opportunity, because I, I believe me, this is a million dollar, and I wouldn't say million dollar, it's a hundred dollar question that I get asked, you know, that people want to know. And it, I know fans would love it. And, you know, look, there's a band out there, whether you listen to 40 Foot Ringo, if you listen to Stereo Fallout, another another band that I did in the, in the 2000s, that's me singing and playing you can kind of hear what it is. So do I really need to? I don't know. I haven't been, I haven't been given again, that much motivation. I love being in a band. I love my band brothers, you know, and, and so whether it's with Trickster or whether it's with Tokyo Motor Fist or anything, that's kind of where I lean. I like to have that support group, but you never know. And the other thing is if I do a solo record, what am I, do I do a melodic rock record or I do something completely different. Yeah. That's the bigger, that's the bigger thing for me because it was kind of like, I get asked all the time, dude, why don't you do uh, an all instrumental Joe Satriani type record? You know, do what, you know, I love that this guitar player, Andy James, who's out now. I love the shredder revolution that's out there. I love all these kids that are bringing guitar back to the forefront. Yeah. Maybe I do a blues record like Joe Bonamassa because yeah. I write that stuff as well. So I don't know, brother. Have you heard of a guy named Eric Steckel? Of course I have. I love Eric Steckel. Wow. I figured. I just had to ask. That's just popped in my head. I blues guy. I came across him just recently from another friend of mine who's a, a guitar player. Couldn't believe this guy. I mean, I just was stunned at how much I loved what he's doing. So that's really cool. There you go uh, for anyone else out there. When you're getting the latest Tokyo Motor Fist record, Lions, also check out Eric Steckel. You won't be disappointed. Last yeah. two things, Steve, before I let you go, I appreciate it. I'd be remiss too if I didn't ask you about, we were just messaging about it before. You know the guys in Cheap Trick, you said Robin and Rick are old friends of yours and stuff. Dax, uh, Rick's son, who's the drummer yeah. in the band now for many years, is a, one of my contemporaries. We kind of, well, he's younger than me, but we came up in Rockford and played the same local circuit and he's actually coming on the show but your history with cheap trick goes back a long ways too uh 
Tell us a cheap trick story. Well, it starts with the influence, of course, you know, uh, live at Budokan, you know, right when I discovered Kiss in 1978. Kiss, Van Halen, and Cheap Trick were, you know, the three bands, Kiss and Van Halen, number one, and then Cheap Trick, number two, that were my biggest influences, you know, before I discovered Def Leppard, Bon Jovi, Motley Crue, but... Cheap Trick was massive, you know, and still is. You know, I still think they're one of the greatest rock and roll bands ever. I think Robin Zander is probably the one of the greatest rock singers ever, still can do it, still has the range, and just the nicest guys in the world. You know, Rick has just always been just such a great guy. They've always been great to us, and I love them. The, and what's funny is the last Trickster show that we did uh, you know, with me singing lead was we opened up for Cheap Trick. We did a festival, Rock the Arena, in uh, Toledo, Ohio. Okay. And uh, so that was the last show that Trickster ever did. And how funny is that with, you know, with so Trickster. I said the Cheap Trickster show. Yeah, you know, love Cheap it. Trickster show. But I hung with Dax and I think Dax is doing a phenomenal job. Yeah. Of course, he fits in and he's doing Bunny's parts great. And I think he takes it to another level. And uh, again, I just love those guys. You know, I text with Robin. Rick and I have been Instagramming with each other. So it's funny. I bust his balls because, you know, Rick has such a wacky sense of humor. So and what's funny, a great cheap trick story. We were on tour with the Scorpions. The Scorpions tour manager used to be Cheap Trick's tour manager. Okay. So we used to, every night for soundcheck, we used to play Dream Police. So one night Rick came to our show and he goes, yeah, I heard you guys do a really bad version of Dream Police. <laughs> you know, and, as you, and I was like, oh, thanks, Rick. But, you know, it was all tongue in cheek, but I love those guys. And again, a band that, you know, I wouldn't be here without them. And I owe them, you know, I owe them such so much and i always try whenever i need an influence i need you know i need a vocal part a melodic part i always go to cheap trick to steal something so you know don't sue me rick (laughs) that's great i love those guys uh you don't have to be from rockford illinois my hometown to love cheap trick they're loved the world over great stuff i appreciate that it's steve brown steve last question for you i kind of end interviews this way you probably touched on it six times over in the various things that we've covered in this conversation so thank you so much but i asked something like this you can go back in time meet up with a young steve brown any age you want little kid teenager or whenever you can go back today where you are today what you know today what you've learned today go interact with yourself at some time in the past give him some advice what would you tell him wow oh that's a good one give him good advice um I don't think I, I mean, the advice, I mean, I learned a lot, I learned a lot of good lessons early on. I had a lot of good advice, music business stuff from John Bon Jovi and the Skid Row guys who we grew up with. And, you know, hire, have a good lawyer, have a good accountant and, uh, you know, watch out for your managers. And I got two or two out of three of those, right? But um, what would I say to young, I mean, I got to be honest with you, Tom, all I can tell you is my career, again, I've been blessed a million times over. And the one thing I can say is that I enjoyed every moment of it, which I know. And I learned this very early on where Peter Mensch, who used to manage Jeff Leppard, one of the biggest rock managers ever, his advice to us back in the trickster days were treat every dollar you make in the music business like it's your last. And then I, I always took that to heart, but I also took it one step further and to enjoy every moment. 
And that's one of the things that I did. So I'm grateful that I did that because it was like, you know, in, in the trickster days, we would, he was either sit in your hotel room all day or go out and do stuff. So anything, like I said, about going to the beach or going to zoos, man, we used to enjoy every moment. We used to hang out in the parking lot with the fans, playing football, playing Frisbee. And I'm just thankful, first off, that I wasn't like a drug addict drunk back then who would be so hungover that he couldn't do it. So I enjoyed everything. Um, if I could talk to myself, I, I can't really say because, dude, I, I feel like I won the game. You're doing know it. I mean? You're doing it, man. Yeah, I mean, you're you're doing it. I I think how you even opened this conversation about your approach to writing your music, the latest Tokyo Motor Fist record, Lions, and I, and what your what the title track is all about, in in the message and the positivity and having fun and loving it and and all of those things. And yeah, you talked about the business stuff and all that now, and you know, the stories are endless about bands getting screwed and this that and the other thing and yeah. look sounds like you, you're doing it and you're just an example i mean maybe the best advice is look at me now i'm my example is my my advice type of a thing you know? look, man, i've been through it all whether the ups and downs of life in general like everybody does and you know i mean dude my hardships are nothing compared to people who have terrible terrible lives in the music business, I've been through, we've been through it all. PJ and I, we've been sued for millions, made millions, lost it, you know, and all of that, all of the behind the music bullshit, we've been a part of it. I've been a part of it. But at the end of the day, you, I think you have to go through that. You have to go through it. It's the good times and the bad times, the lefts and rights and everything in between that makes you who you are now. And that is what it is. And the key of it all is, is be in the moment now. Live your life. Don't live your life in the past and don't worry about the future. Because you know what? Like one of my songs, live for the day. That's what it's all about. Because tomorrow may never come. And I think that's the most important lesson that everybody needs to live by because that's what life is all about. You never know what's going to happen. So just take each day and live it like it's going to be your last. Great advice. I appreciate it. Steve Brown, Trickster, Tokyo Motor Fist, Lions, the second album. If you like music that's got some meaning, if you like music that rocks, it's got big choruses, anthemic stuff going on, great playing, drums, bass, guitars, vocals, all the way through, this is a record for you. I highly recommend it. It's awesome. Steve's right here on the video kicking butt all these years on. Steve, I got to tell you, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Your energy is great. It's infectious, like I said. I appreciate the transparency. We covered a lot of ground in this conversation. And anyone who listens to this now and in the future, you know, man, listen to it all the way through because you have some great stuff here. And you're, again, truly a um, big fan, but beyond a, a fan of your music, I'm a fan of you as a person now getting the chance to spend some time with you here today so thanks for taking the time thanks for coming on the sound matter show and i i have to meet you one day we have to hang out a little bit because uh i know there's a million more things to talk about so yeah man totally and thanks for having me on and to everybody out there thank you for over 30 years of love and support and uh the best is yet to come all right there he goes steve brown thank you so much Sound Matters Radio right here, man. There we go. It's awesome. This is Sound Matters with Tom Liu. Visit us online at soundmatters.tv.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 